0: Welcome to another episode of the Ladies at UX Community Podcast. I'm Deborah Carvalho and I'm the Chapter Leader at Ladies at UX Curitiba.
1: And I am Mariano Zaki, Regional Director of Ladies at UX for Europe, Middle East and Africa and also Chapter Leader at Ladies at UX Milan.
0: In today's episode, we are going to meet one of our Regional Directors, Vânia Teófilo. Vanessa is a UX strategist, service designer and a UX researcher, and for the last 25 years, she has been working with methodologies, processes and tools based on creativity and interdisciplinarity. She has a degree in design and a master's in digital artifacts design, both from the Federal University of Pernambuco. At this moment, she works as a UX researcher for a major Brazilian bank.
1: Moreover, for the past year, she has been responsible for directing the activities of Latin America, and before that, she was leading the mentorship program for Latin America. Welcome, Vania. This episode was sponsored by deploy.me, specialists in recruiting UI UX designers. Ladycast, a podcast filled with great UX content. This podcast is an initiative of Ladies at UX, a friendly, welcoming, and collaborative organization of intelligent and curious women who push UX boundaries, develop skills, and promote talent supporting each other.
0: Welcome, Vania.
2: Thank you so much for agreeing to share your experience with us. Thanks for the invite. I'm very happy to join the community podcast in English. We'd like to know from the beginning, how was your journey to become a UX designer? Well, my trajectory is a little long. I started in fashion design while I was still in high school as a custom designer for a theater group. I worked for almost a year in the development of costumes which needed to relate to the scenario, to the story and with the movement of the actors. This construction process brought me a great knowledge in understand contest to solve a design. So, then, in the following year, I entered the fashion course at Santa Marcelina College, where I discovered that my great pleasure in fashion was working on the planning of the collection, the way of structuring and building the pieces. At that time, I specialized in period clothes, more specifically in courses from the 16th to the 19th century. I became fascinated by the method by the engineering in the construction of this type of fashion artifact. I didn't even graduate from this course. I dropped it out and I started work by myself in this craft. A few years later, when I was already living in Recife, a city in the northeast of Brazil, I naturally migrated from working with fabric to creating paper artifacts. Back then, I was very interested in exploring the possibilities of construction in bookbinding and paper engineering. At the same time, in 2004, I entered the undergraduate degree in design at the Federal University of Pernambuco, and there I had the opportunity to study artisanal construction techniques. At the same time as I studied the implications of technological development for design. And it was precisely from this multidisciplinarity inherent to the course that I started to delve even more into studies of design methodology and its applications within the bias of human-centered design that became the basis for the user experience design as we know today. As soon as I finished college, I entered the master's program at the same university, where I delved into the theme of design methodology, more specifically in the context of ideation, involving multidisciplinary teams together with another master's student of the program, Bruno Oliveira. We developed a method of creating ideas based on the study of personas called Persona Card Game, which basically consisted of a series of decks inspired by Magic the Gathering, where We used the personas derived from ethnographic research to create a deck of personas, which, along with other content specific decks, were used in co creation sessions with the design teams and professionals within companies. During my master's degree, my experiment took place in a project for the Pernambuco State Department of Education, where pedagogues, psychologists, teachers and designers co-created a series of educational games for high school students from public schools in the state. Since then, I have moved back to Sao Paulo, my hometown, where I have been working for the last nine years as a UX design consultant for large companies and startups. Nowadays, we see the profession more consolidated, with specialties being formed every year, But back in the beginning, we had a huge challenge in being able to show companies and managers how human-centered design could bring value to the business. For many years, my family and friends did not understand exactly what I was doing. It was very complicated and even a little abstract to say that my basic function is to insert the user in the creation or development of a system or product, to provide the development of better solutions for people. Generating value for the business, seeking innovation in an environment of increasing technological competition. During all these years, I have delved into the areas of UX research, strategy, and service design. But I can say that the first half of my career were fundamental for me to have an in-depth knowledge of design tools and methodologies. I believe that design is a process and that design professionals should always seek a solid knowledge of theoretical and practical foundations through constant learning and the exchange of experience.
1: That's incredible, Vanya. We can see that you've been very active in the UX community all this time. How and when did you start doing
2: this work? I grew up with a very strong volunteering culture, coming from my mother mainly. So I always looked for initiatives that were interesting and supported my worldview. but I did it in a more random way without a thematic focus, which was also very cool and fun. as I discovered that there are many different ways to help other people and the community, whether through giving attention, making crafts or jointly developing projects we can change the environment around us with small gestures and actions. Over the past seven years, I focused my spare time on specifically supporting causes related to equity, to equality and human rights. I went through some really cool collectives and communities, helping occasionally or on longer projects, and I had the opportunity to meet wonderful people. In practice, I've kind of always talked to people around me and pay attention to actions that made sense to me and that I could actually help with. I would have liked to do many things, but time constraints have always been a factor in my choices. I strongly believe that volunteering is something you give and we can only give what we have. Volunteering should never be a source of frustration, sadness or overload. With that in mind, an action I volunteered for many years, since 2009 or 2010, was the isuniverse.org website, which is based on the idea of crowdsourcing, where hundreds of people working analyzing data from various scientific research. There are many surveys and contribution formats. And because it is online, you can help remotely at any time. On Zooniverse, I have my preferences. I like to analyze graphs and images, and I spent a few years dedicating time to some of the site research. When I moved back to São Paulo in 2013, I started looking for initiatives in which I could see my knowledge in design. Through some friends, I managed to connect to very cool actions, the first of which was TDC, the Developers Conference which is the largest technology conference in Latin America, where all trades and lectures are carried out voluntarily by people from technology field. During the last five years, I have supported smart cities, UX design, and service design trails. I also occasionally supported actions such as the Jane's Walk in Sao Paulo, which is a series of neighborhood walking tours named after urban activist and writer Jane Jacobs, TEDx Sao Paulo, which is an independently organized TED event. Adus Institute, which is a refugee reception center. I also supported Upwit, with long-term volunteer work, which is a community focused on women empowerment in tech careers. And for the last two years, I've been using my time to support Ladies That UX in order to promote women, both cis and transgender in the area of UX by encouraging the connection and exchange of professional and self-leadership content.
0: So you also have a long experience in volunteering, that's so interesting! You also have a lot of experience and interaction with feminist initiatives.
2: How and when did you relate to the cause? In late 2006, I was watching a panel on women in tech at a major event and the panelists talk a lot about the challenge in the workplace, the toxic culture that unfortunately still exists today, and the related lack of pay equity. I have to say that I cry a lot, watch that panel. I saw myself reflected in many lines, and I realized that my pain was so much more common and that I could do something about it. So, that day, I decided that I would use my focus for social change in the technology area. A few days later, I learned that one of the panelists were looking for support from UX designers to create dynamics to generate ideas and solutions to problems that would happen within the community events. Me and some friends got together with her to talk about the possibilities, and it was at this moment that I started to work actively within UpWit, with actions focused on equity for women. Generally speaking, When I look back, I see that I always had a feminist attitude about how I manage my life and my relationships. But it took many years for me to understand myself as a feminist person. To understand that feminism is very simple, that regardless of the multiple ideological approaches, it all boils down to the struggle for equality and social justice. Some time ago, my mother asked me if I thought she was a feminist and I asked her two questions. First, do you think women should earn less than men doing the same job? And second, do you believe that men has the right to physically or psychologically attack women? If the answer is no to both questions, in my worldview, yes, you are a feminist. That's really interesting, your view of feminism.
0: It's interesting that nowadays people have a distorted view of what that is.
1: I'm very happy you shared this with us. You have been part of Ladies that UX community organization since 2019, and for the last year you have been working as a Latin director. How was your contact with the community, and how did you become part of the global leadership team?
2: I already knew the community internationally, and when I saw that in 2019 a chapter had been opened in São Paulo, I thought of helping. For a few months I have this idea in my mind, but I always end up forgetting so, one day, I sent a message to Teresa Lutz, who was already an acquaintance of the UX events and was the Community leading America Director. So, I sent a message asking how I could contribute to the community. And I started volunteering at the beginning of the 2020 as we entered a scenario of world change, in which the community also was reorganizing itself to work remotely and I became very involved in how we could support and welcome the ladies through remote actions. I realized that this way of living actually ended up giving me more free time and that I could dedicate myself more than usual to volunteering. I really don't know how I became a regional director. It ended up being a very natural process, the way I put the time and effort into strengthening and helping the community. When the invitation was made, It took me by surprise, I really couldn't imagine myself in this role. In addiction, there was this gigantic responsibility to continue the wonderful work that Teresa was doing. It was a little scary at first, and I thought a lot about the amount of time and energy that would need to be dedicated to this role. I talked a lot with my family because this decision ended up not just in mine, because the time to be dedicated, being my free time, would end up affecting the family dynamics in some way. Today I know it's working because I get a lot of support and I manage time to reconcile my day job, my hobbies, my downtime, and my time with family and friends. It's not an easy task, but somehow it's working so far. You end up being a Latin director because you are an
0: amazing woman, Vania. <laughs> And now we are very curious to know what your routine
2: is like as a Latin director. What are your responsibilities? Well, my routine nowadays is quite ethic. As I become responsible for supporting thirty five chapters in different countries and contexts, I'm still understanding the particularities of each region and each leadership. After all, each chapter has leaders who are in different moments of life and at different levels of seniority in the profession each chapter has its own dynamics according to the context of the city and the region in which it is so there is no single way to do my work because i need to understand the local culture the context of professional development in the region and the personalities and the particularities of each leader i know i still have a long way to go before I feel like everything is flowing well and under control. Another factor is world changes. In the last two years, we have been living in a period of great uncertainty, and the world political and economic scenario also end up affecting the chapters in one way or another. Another important thing to say is that, as a voluntary work, in addition to my day job, the time I have available is somewhat scarce, and often the speed of thought and the desire to create more initiatives does not follow the synchrony of the time. I really wish I could have more time to do all the things that I think would make a difference for the leaders and for the community. In a general way, I am responsible for assisting the development of chapters in Latin America and supporting them in their growth, maintaining consistency of the brand, activities and projects as well as the GDPR rules. Also, my role asks that I promote and represent the community in my region, ensuring that activities in my region comply with the law, and also ensuring that community values and principles are followed and present in all chapters that I support. I'm also responsible for onboarding and off-boarding chapters when necessary.
1: The community in Latin America is one of the most expressive in numbers, with 35 chapters in five different countries. How is the behavior of the community in this area?
2: In general, our community is divided into inclusive and exclusive moments, just as it can happen in other regions. I call it inclusive moments all our media content, YouTube, Medium and Podcast. All of them are available in an open way for everyone to access, if they wish. In three languages, for now, Portuguese, Spanish, and English. We also have exclusive moments for women, some meetings, panels, and workshops, which are currently being held only in remote format, but we intend to return to the hybrid or face-to-face model when it's safe to do so. By the way, a peculiarity in the region in relation to other regions I can say that are the WhatsApp and Telegram groups and the high interaction with social media, especially at this moment in Instagram. We currently have more than 6,000 followers in our groups and social networks. Latin American ladies tends to engage a lot with professional and self-development content. They are always looking for development and they are very receptive to helping each other. One thing that makes me proud is to see support networks forming spontaneously. It is very common for a LA lady to ask a question in a group and several others answering, supporting, indicating possible paths and exchanging experience. Another interest aspect of the region is the partnership program that we have established with the schools, events and friendly communities, which has provided valuable support, especially for the Portuguese-speaking ladies. Through our partnership program, we managed to distribute, so far, 554 scholarships between 2020 and 2021. It takes a lot of effort and energy to maintain this program, but it's worth it. Now, we heard you say about the good things regarding the community. Now, what are the biggest challenges for this role? This is an easy one. My biggest challenges are to not burn myself down, to manage my free time, to have enough sleep and leisure time, and to be gentle with myself and with people around me. And what types of activities
1: do you like to organize the most and why?
2: Well, I love curating and organizing events and meetings. There are two things that motivate me in this. The first is being able to encourage people who have never spoken in front stage to let their voices out by sharing their knowledge. And the other thing that makes me excited is to understand which content the audience is wanting and bring lectures or panels with the topics that are wanted but that are not being talked about. I like to explore formats to test dynamics by thinking about the people who will spend their time watching and participating in these conversations. What do you say are women's biggest challenges at work, in your opinion? Equal pay and equal respect. For a long time in my childhood, I didn't understand how my mother and I went through so many difficulties, while co-workers who had the same qualifications and performed the same tasks managed to reasonably well maintain a family with two or three children and a wife as a housewife. It took me a lifetime to realize that this is a serious structural problem that happens at this day and age. As a professional, I had some experience being underpaid compared to my peers and I felt very sad and frustrated about it. And I know from experience that when we are struggling to survive, our life is precarious. We do not have access to quality education, quality food, leisure and quality of life. And I know that this problem is not regional, it is systemic and deeply rooted in our society. Another important point is respect. All people, professionals who dedicate their time to developing, studying, reading, improving their skills to make good deliveries must be respected in their work environment. Unfortunately, we still read news about moral and sex abuse both in small and in large companies and both problems are not unique to women in fact these problems affect large portions of the population almost equally around the world and how do you think we can help them first we must come together and talk about it understand what is happening and how it affects us and other people educating ourselves exchanging experience strengthening ourselves as a community and when i say community here I go far beyond the UX, I mean, in a sense of humanity and civilization. We need to think and rethink our structures. And from that, we can go to the second action, which is change and build. To work together in a way to demand equal pay and equal respect from employers, from companies, from our governments and from our society. And also, we need to build ourselves first by creating a sense of being empathetic and active in society, building healthy relationships, creating networks of support and allies, people who will be with us on this journey, whom we can help and be helped. We need to read more, be more interested, listen more, share more, and demand more. This are actions capable of provoking profound social changes at various levels and scales. It's not easy, it's not fast, but our profession specializes in developing, transforming, changing and shaping a world with better and more accessible solutions for all people. Amazing
0: words, Vanya. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, Now I want to know which goals and dreams do you
2: have for your work within the community? My main goal is to take the UX profession to places where they are not yet, is to leave the access of big cities and promote a culture of decentralized growth, which could help people and social development in areas where knowledge is more scarce. Before the pandemic or scenario was more complex, geographic barriers prevented access to information. The pandemic has brought many difficulties to most people. The world economic scenario is not at its best moment. Many people have lost loved ones. The levels of mental disorders like depression and anxiety are up. And there are many people feeling overwhelmed at this moment. However, there is a game. And this game we want to keep. To continue work remotely, being able to connect more and more people who previously felt more isolated by geographical barriers.
1: What career and life goals would you like to achieve in the next few years?
2: This is a very difficult question because I'm in a professional moment of being where I want to be. I'm doing what I want to do. I imagine it will still be like that for a few years. I usually work in cycles of three to five years with a lot of stability and then when I realize I don't have room to grow anymore, I look for change. At this very moment, I want to explore the possibilities at my current job. I want to make a good deliveries, help the company in an exciting time of digital transformation. I want to continue specializing more and more, sometimes horizontally and sometimes vertically. I know I'm a person who needs constant stimulation. I need to feel myself growing and challenged to perform better and today at this point i'm at the beginning of a new cycle that should still last a few years
0: okay now after all these inspirational words and career and tips i want to know what tip would you give to empower women in general and especially for ladies who work with ux for example those who aim to achieve
2: a leadership or decision-making position in companies you only lead other people if you lead yourself first Seek self-knowledge. Do therapy. Meditate. Do yoga. Do whatever works best for you, but get to know yourself deeply. Work hard on your emotional intelligence. Try to discover what moves you now. It can change once in a while. Get to know where you want to go, who you want to be, what you want to live, and then create a strategy based on your own context and constraints. Also, Work on your communication skills. People need to understand your vision to be led by you. Work on your own aggression issues. Have a constant goal to make your communication sweet, smooth, assertive and direct. Understand who people are and how they express themselves. Be available to listen to people, listen carefully, practice active listening. So maybe you can hear and be heard while minimizing the noise of miscommunication.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that the first step is to know yourself first and then try to know the rest, yes? Of course, I agree. What message would you like to give
1: to young Vanya, the one who was taking her first steps in her career, like maybe 10, 20 years ago?
2: Well, young Vanya, take life in an easier way, a lighter way. Don't wear yourself out so much. You have plenty of time to do a lot of cool and fun things. Always make sure you are sleeping well, eating well, and be nice and gentle to yourself. That's all that matters, right? Yeah.
1: Vanya, thank you for sharing so much with us. We end today's chat with Vanya Teofilo, an amazing lady. We hope you enjoyed it.
0: And if you have an interesting topic or want to suggest a special lady to chat with us, just go to ladies.ux.com and you will find how to get in touch with our ladycasters.
1: This episode was produced by Ladies.ux, edited by Domenica Mendes, and sponsored by Deploy Me, specialists in recruiting UI UX designers.